Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Patrick Greeno of Radicards. We're going to have a conversation about the hobby, but first, thanks sponsors, Tops, Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, and ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Patrick, welcome to the show. Tell us about Radicards. I've seen your stuff on YouTube. You're uh, way ahead of me in terms of technology, but what's your story for uh, enjoying this hobby? Thank you for having me, Jim. I appreciate that. It's a pleasure to sit down with you. I got into trading cards when I was six. Before I got into trading cards, I had been collecting just a carnival of other things, uh, coins and stamps. I remember before you were six. Yeah, you were collecting other stuff yeah. before you were six. Yeah. Very precocious. Okay. Yeah. When I found coins and stamps, that was another thing. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm getting more interested in essentially history. Really, I didn't understand it at the time because I was young. When I found baseball cards, it was like. I'd found the one thing because it was statistics. It was math. And it, it was, was now. Yeah. And it wasn't just history. Right. It was a history component, but it was also what's going on right now on the field, on the court. Yeah. Yeah. I and so I liked also the designs of the cards, the marketing, the packaging, the smells. I used to open up packs of 90 upper deck back in 1990. And, and, and I remember smelling the pack that like foil. I just remember it's a really rich scent. When I smell that now, it takes me right back to that time in my your, life. Your background suggests that you're more left brain. You're coming across very right brain. Now. <laughs> Is that, are you both brained? I have creative and analytical aptitudes, which I, I appreciate because I can see things in those different aspects. At least that's from what I understand about how I think. Yeah. I, I appreciate what comes with trading cards, like a cumulative aspect of different characteristics that, that I'm interested in, the business side, the marketing side. It's almost like stock valuation. The player does well, the cards do well. The player doesn't do well, the cards don't do well. But almost in a way, even regardless of the outcome, I'll look at collecting as I remember when this card was hot. So for me, as a collector, it almost makes me want that card yeah. more because it's associated with a memory from so many years back. Yeah, the problem with that philosophy is that I can remember when a certain card was hot, as in right now. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember when a card was cold. Everything is hot now. Yeah. And that's strange. So what is the goal of your YouTube channel? Are you trying to educate, inform, entertain, analyze, a bit of everything? I started radicards.com in uh, my apartment in Huntington Beach in July of 2010. I had just started a WordPress account a couple months prior and I just kind of let it sit dormant. I didn't really know what to do. I was tinkering with it. I was playing around. I went to a card show in the city of industry. There's this big show that goes on every Saturday. Frank and Sons. Ha yeah, Frank and Sons. I've Happens on Wednesday too. Anytime. Yeah, yeah. Great place. Love it. And I, I used to go with a friend of mine and, and I remember buying some things. We'd go pretty frequently and buying some things. And I, I came back home and I was like, I just bought a scanner. Let's try scanning something in and uh, getting it onto the WordPress site. Actually, I took pictures with a Canon PowerShot initially, and I bought the scanner later than when I realized I could make better quality images. So I put some photos up on a post and started drafting content. I didn't know what I was doing. But this is blogging. You weren't on any platform other than your own blog? And so it started there, and then it just trickled in over the years as I created the different social media accounts. And I was like, I want to do videos now. I, I, I created my first video in 2014, but it was from footage from the 2012 national. So I had this footage that I, I wanted to, to get up on my site, but my, my Mac couldn't support watermarks on the videos because I had such an old OS. Oh. So once I upgraded my computer, I took that footage, edited it down and, and uploaded it to YouTube. That was my first YouTube video. So my YouTube channel has grown. My intent is just to have a place to store video content. My intent really is 
Is this to so share? You're more of a photo blog, more about the pictures. My theory is that people break down into three kind of people. There are people who like to read, mm -hmm. people who like to listen, yeah. and people who like to watch. Right. And more people like to look at things right. than read or even listen, I think. So mm -hmm. is that the itch you're scratching to give them something a little bit to read, but some good visual content? Well, it's interesting because my, my goal is one, just to share my passion in multimedia. It started out as blogging and then went to blogging and video. Now it's blogging, video and audio. Okay. The way I deliver the content is just sharing, you know, knowledge that I have because I like talking about cards. If someone takes some educational value out of that, then my job's done. But my goal is just to have a place for me to go and talk about cards in, in different formats. If I think something is good for a video, like the stuff I bought at the show, uh, I'll do a video and talk about it. If something is more audio, like formatted wise, I might talk about updates on certain products that I don't own or don't talk, don't have. Talking points make sense for podcasts. Depending on what I'm going to talk about will depend on the format I use to deliver the content into the ethos. But, but are you reactive more than proactive? I don't regard that other people that do YouTube and podcasts are competitors of yours or mine. It's a big space and people want to share their insights, right. which I'm doing and you're doing. But some people package that with investment advice. Yeah. Are you doing that? I don't feel qualified to provide investment advice, so I, I don't give that intentionally. I might say that this card has strong growth potential, but I wouldn't say that you should go out and buy them. And so LeBron James stuff has picked up a lot. I should have bought in 2019, <laughs> but my angle isn't really about the investment arm of collecting. It's more just, here's a card I find interesting and here's why, or um, here's a set that is rare and here's why, that kind of thing. I, I don't really put emphasis on the investment side of collecting. There's a great aspect of that in this hobby. If you feel like that's something you want to get into, by all means. But I don't myself talk about that side of the hobby when I discuss trading cards. Not generally, anyway. I may have in the past, in passing, but I generally won't say something like, you should buy, because I, quite frankly, I can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow. The best advice that uh, most dealers can uh, give is, you should buy the following cards, and they just happen to be at their table. <laughs> <laughs> For so many years in our magazines, we didn't really give investment advice. We're trying to have a price guide that talked about what the prices were when the magazine came out yeah because it's mainly a magazine in those days and now it's a lot more digital a lot more daily in fact at a card show it can be hourly so giving advice i certainly was an expert even at my height of expertise it's impossible to predict yeah whether a player is a good deal you can't know if it's a good deal unless you know what the price is yeah if the price doubles do you want to buy then or do you just say I wanted to buy before it doubled. You can't look in the background, I think, is you have to let the background be the background. You can look at the horizon, but well, even the horizon is difficult to predict. Right. I don't look at cards from the investment side really much. I, I look at it as, oh, that's interesting. Ooh, that fits in my collection. Because I'm a collector at heart. Really, at this time, I might change in the future, but at this time, I, I don't really do the resale thing. So I'm more of an observer. I like to watch big sales. I like to watch transactions happen. That stuff's really entertaining to me. Because then I get to learn about, like you were saying, everything's going up in value right now. It's cool well, but to not see everything's that... going up at the same. Basically, the <laughs> right. problem is that people, if they tell you to buy what's hot, yeah. that's already gone up, mm -hmm. that's not a sure thing. Like I said, even with all my experience, your experience, it's hard to say that something is not hot yet, that it might be hot next month. But we just don't know. Because we don't know. We don't know. But some of the move on soccer cards yeah. was, it's not hot yet. It could get hot. Mm -hmm. And then we had some... 
movement. I, I did a podcast about, do you follow the stock market very much? Yeah, a little like bit. Like GameStop? Yeah. I, I did an episode yes. about GameStop, yeah. basically noting that it wasn't a small group, mm -hmm. but a, a disjointed confederation of young, quote unquote, day traders sure. in Reddit yep. moved the needle to the tune of a thousand percent. That can happen and has happened, I think, in sports cards. Yeah. So do I want to be in the wake of that or to take the brunt of that? Or do I want to get some enjoyment based on seeing that might happen and uh, coming in behind? Are you talking about those kind of things? I'm trying to talk about investment mm -hmm. without giving pure investment advice that could be wrong. They're principles. So maybe you're talking about principles as well. I think the principles angle is more my style because, like I said, I can't ethically give someone advice on what they should and shouldn't be buying. I wouldn't do that. That hasn't bothered uh, a lot of people. I know, but every, I'm different. Everybody's different. So everybody has to follow their own track. And for me, I, I'm more comfortable just talking about the cards, talking about the sales, maybe perhaps even talking about the principles. A lot of the, the blogging and content production I've done over the years, it's really digging into the business behind trading cards, like why something's popular, release formats and this kind of thing. For example, 96 Select Certified Miracle Jeter, that card has been... There's 35 of them made? There are 30. 30? So that card has been the tide that has lifted all boats, right? That whole saying. And it's a lot of things from 96 because people are going and looking at what else has Jeter had from that era has have come up. I've noticed that trend. I noticed certain cards from 96 just even a year ago right. that you could get for a significantly lesser amount than you can get now. You can't touch them. Super uh, Refractors, 96 Tops Refractors, perfect example. Those cards are, they've blown up. And I talk about this with some other people is that we think that because Jeter stuff from 96, that specific card, people go for other stuff that's not $200,000. It looks like a bargain comparatively. Yeah. And oh, maybe I want to spend $1,000 on a card and then it, other people will go to it. And, and so they wind up getting a base card that's a, maybe a 10 or a 9.5. But how has your education informed your pursuit of the hobby? Yeah. So I have an MBA. I think it weaves in if, with most people that I talk to. So I have an MBA. It's a double concentration in marketing operations. I've been out of business school for a lot of years now. Business school is great to learn a lot of the basics and the foundations of business. I, I appreciated my time in business school. It goes by so fast. But when I come back into the, the, the hobby and produce content, I think I bring that knowledge and I apply it to the business of trading cards. Because at the end of the day, these manufacturers are making money. You know, it's capitalism. That's how it should be. And it's cool. It's interesting to talk about how that process takes place, why something's popular, why something wasn't popular, why certain designs caught on and others didn't. Yeah. And, and relic cards, watching that big drive from 97 into the current market and why they're not as abundant as they once were just in the last five years. And just seeing the different trends and watching those different things as they come and come to pass. It's interesting to apply that knowledge into how I think about trading cards. I, I try to add in a lot of that type of content when I produce content. Most just uh, MBA programs either do course by course, but a few of them do like case method, where you look at an example right. of a business situation, yeah. look at it from all angles. Problem-based like learning is what that's called. So that's, what, that's what I've done, because if you just pull out one part of it, the hobby doesn't make sense. Right. But if you put it all together in its own ecosystem, you can see this is a lot of quirks, <laughs> but a lot of people are having a lot of fun. So. Yeah, that's the whole point is to have fun. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. You know. Tell the listeners where they can find you. Sure. My content is in its entirety on radicards.com. It's R-I-D-I-C-A-R-D-S. It's like the word radical, but with cards at the end radical. instead of C-A-L. We're e-commerce. We have a store with a line of products that I invented. We, we sell fitted products for the cases, custom stickers, if you need stickers for one-touch magnetics cases with your logo printed on them, 
Uh, you can get those through us as well. And custom products, we're doing a lot of that this year as well. That's all found at radicards.com. I appreciate the time, Jim. Thank you. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks for joining us and sharing your knowledge and your experience. And listeners, we'll be back tomorrow with another interesting episode. So thanks again. Yeah. See you tomorrow. Bye. Thank thanks. you. Thanks, Patrick.